we all make a lot of assumptions about um, what we think is happening yeah. um, that are just based on our own perceptions. Right. And um, so, so yes. the first thing to really start working on as an emerging leader is understanding yourself well enough to know what you bring to the table. I always say this, this um, saying like, know where you stop and someone else starts. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel, and in media partnership with CTEC. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Let's talk about psychology. Dr. Amira Branco is a consulting psychologist, leadership coach, writer, and speaker. She leads Branco & Associates, a boutique consulting firm that aims to help leaders lead teams and navigate large, complex organizations and helps organizations make it easier to navigate. She has a special passion for helping women gain the influence, power, leadership, and resiliency skills needed in today's diverse, complex, and ever-changing workplace. She has written about this in her new book, Millennials Guide to Workplace Politics. Dr. Branco is also an associate professor at Duke University and associate editor of the Consulting Psychology Journal and has a Psychology Today blog focused on women's leadership. Mira Branco, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you today? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. And uh, Mira, you're a consulting psychologist, leadership coach, writer, and speaker. You're also an associate pr professor at Duke University, associate editor of the Consulting Psychology Journal, and you have a Psychology Today blog focused on women's leadership. And I'm really excited to both understand your, your daily work and, and the, the recent books that you published. And so I'm excited to, to dive deep into the Millennials Guide to Workplace Politics, but also hear a little bit about your own journey. And, and the conventional or unconventional way that you've entered the domain that you're in. But before all of that, Mira, I want to understand your engagement story because that's going to be an amazing one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I should, I should say, so I live in, in the U.S. and um, in North Carolina right now. Um, but I emigrated from Romania um, to New York um, with my parents a long time ago when I was six years old. And uh, that was back when Romania was a um, communist um, country under a dictatorship. And so we emigrated as political refugees. Um, and so, um, you know, everything came a little bit you know, more challenging than um, your typical, let's just move to a different country, you know, and, um, and so uh, I didn't understand, you know, the language at all. Um, that took obviously that took a, a long time. Um, that's not something that I had learned, um, you know, to speak English in Romania, um, like some children do nowadays. And so um, as a result, um, I think this started really early, my interest and fascination with psychology and how people work, because, um, because of the fact that I couldn't speak with people in your normal traditional way using the huh. language, I would just, you know, really observe how did people um, talk with each other, how did they navigate um, you know, working together, um, who was popular, which is another way to say who had power and influence, right? Um, how did they get to that ah. position in that place? Um, 
And, um, and I, I didn't, I certainly, um, you know, didn't have an easy time, but, you know, once I finally learned the language, um, and, um, I started finally excelling in, in school, um, I, you know, started a job, um, after, uh, getting a master's degree in my first career as a school counselor. And I thought, okay, I've got a master's degree. I've got the language down. I, I'll just, I'm going to be successful with the knowledge that I've gained so far. And, um, lo and behold, that wasn't necessarily the case. Just because you know the language doesn't mean you understand the culture. And that's what I learned as a major difference in, um, you know, uh, somebody's success within any sort of large system, whether it's your, you know, a country or an organization or a large group of people, um, that understanding the culture is a very different thing than understanding the language. And if you don't understand the culture, and how to navigate the people and systems and, and networks and all of that stuff. Um, just being able to read the policies and the rules and the regulations are not going to get you um, far enough. And um, and I'm happy to, to sort of share an example of that if you'd like. But um, later on, I would love that. Um, I um, started a new career as a psychologist, and um, that was for the Department of Veterans Affairs. And in that case, um, I had a really great mentor um, who really helped me understand those things. And the difference was night and day in terms of my career success. My career catapulted to uh, you know degrees I would have never imagined for myself. Um, I, I was promoted within five months to a management position and within three years to, um, you know, a higher level leadership position and um, then a stretch assignment um, overseeing another um, center um, as an interim director um, to help them. And then, um, you know, more and more leadership roles with larger national scope. And that is not something that I imagined mm -hmm. for myself, but um, it came from understanding how to navigate these complex systems and um, how um, how work gets done. Um, and um, and I, I can you know certainly share you share with you the failures too when I didn't know that. But that's kind of my sort of big story of how I came to really being passionate about helping women in leadership roles um, and how I became really interested in workplace politics. And, um, you know, the fact is that um, not a lot of people have access to that mentorship. And I was lucky enough to have right. that kind of special mentorship with that kind of information. Um, and as a result, I feel like, you know, um, it's not fair to keep that information to myself. I'd like to make it more accessible to other people. So that's how I ended up writing this book on um, workplace politics with my colleague, Jennifer Wisdom, um, is, is it came from a personal um, realization and success story and me wanting to help other people with the same kinds of things. And so as you're, we're talking about navigating complex systems, we're talking about workplace politics, we're talking about the world of mentorship. As you reflect back on your own journey, what, what, what is non-trivial about complex systems and workplace politics? What, is that, what does it come down to mm -hmm. that 
without the mentorship, you're seeing that you that that with the mentorship you had a a jump in your career that many other people and specifically maybe women don't have without the guidance and without the mentorship. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me share with you a story of without the Please. you know sufficient mentorship uh, versus with. So, um, in my um, previous career, there was this. Uh, situation, and it wasn't the only situation, but it stands out by far the most in my mind, um, where I had read some kind of um, policy or I saw some kind of training about ethics. And um, it made me reflect on whether we were being ethical in how we were doing things. And I wrote this very long, uh, thought out email to my leader of my organization about how I thought that what she was doing was unethical <laughs> and that I would be happy to um, share, you know, other ways to do this or ha have a discussion. Now, um, reflecting back, like this is extremely embarrassing, you know, and awkward um, to even think about right now um, because it was such a misstep. and. Um, but I thought back then she would receive it well, like, wow, thank you, Mira, for helping me um, realize the error of my ways. And I was just being really straightforward, right? It, I just thought everything was straightforward. Like, you just say what you think, and people will receive it as the way it is, right? And um, what happened was In that a very um, ideal world. My, my immediate boss came to me, and she was like, Mira, you really... <laughs> You really messed things up. Our leader's really mad. And I was like, oh, it, it only dawned on me then that maybe I did something wrong. And I said, oh, my God, I I want to fix this. Let me fix this. I want to go straight to her and talk it out and fix it. And she's like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Don't make it worse. Um, don't worry about it. I fixed it. And I said, oh, you fixed it. How did you fix it? And she said... I just told her that English was a second language for you and that sometimes you miss things. And so, you know, um, just to ignore it. And I thought, um, but I, I have no problem with the language anymore. I mean, I sounded then back then the way that I sound now, right? So English is not a problem for me. <laughs> the language isn't the problem. Um, the problem was the culture understanding, right? But she didn't make it that way. So I felt yeah. like now this big, fat, clueless label was just smacked onto my head. I just had to walk around. Hi, everyone. I'm totally clueless. I'm sorry. Just ignore everything I say because I don't know what I'm talking about and I miss a lot of things. <laughs> right? Like, that's how wow. I felt. That's how yeah. I felt. Um, and, um, and I thought, you know what? Um, clearly, there's a lot of complexity to this that I didn't realize about um, navigating, you know, people um, who have power and influence and that, you know, me, my, you know, little old self without any special um, positions of power shouldn't just be like, you know, um, calling people out like that without understanding. Like, I didn't understand all of the nuances in the decision-making process. I hadn't been sitting in on any meetings to hear like why decisions were being made. I just made like assumptions, right? So um, a lot of what I learned later on was 
um, how do you first, um, you know, um, have access to understanding your leaders and the way they think and what is influencing them and what is impacting them and um, the burdens of the um, sort of choices, hard choices they have to make. Um, and um, and how did you how do you sort of get to the point where you can sit in on those decision making bodies so that you can have an influence without being completely like, outside of it, isolated with, without, um, you know, being able to sort of converse back and forth with the people who are involved. So that's like one aspect of, you know, what I learned over time. The other is, um, you know, understanding that um, there are many people who have influence um, in the organization and could make great impact, but they might not be in the positions you think they're in. Um, and um, that could really help you. And instead of putting them in a position where they have to defend the bad choices that you make, maybe you can get to know them and grow your network and, um, you know, um, work with them and they get to know who you are and your strengths um, and, and what you bring. And so that you can sort of grow your influence informally that way. So those are just a couple of things that I learned through, through those experiences. And as you're navigating those experiences to today and you're channeling those experiences to the work that you're doing today, what are, where is, you know, the magic or the, where do the main aha moments come to as you're working either with, with rising leaders or with the readers of your work? What, what are those key moments that, you know, would be relevant for the masses? Yeah, yeah. So um, the first thing that comes up often is we all make a lot of assumptions about um, what we think is happening yeah. um, that are just based on our own perceptions. Right. And um, so, so yes. the first thing to really start working on as an emerging leader is understanding yourself well enough to know what you bring to the table. I always say this, this um, saying like, know where you stop and someone else starts. So basically, um, know what you are bringing to the table, all your baggage. We all have baggage. We all have our biases. Um, but right. know what they are because you're in a position of greater strength when you know how to stop yourself from escalating a problem and making it worse. Um, and then also being able to understand where someone else is coming from. Um, and I would say 80% of the problems happen because you're making assumptions from your own lens, your own perspective, um, and being able to take a step back from that. And the way that you do that is you can do it through um, assessments. You can do it through coaching, like, like what I offer. You could do it through therapy. You could do it through mentorship and supervision, uh, training, education. There's a lot of ways you can do it to gain that awareness, that self you know, leader as self. Um, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I don't think like this is like a one stop, you know, one one shot deal, but really like our own personal development and understanding who we are makes us better leaders, makes us better um, as, you know, people who can manage politics because frankly, politics, um, in my opinion, is is a combination of three things. One is very strong emotional intelligence. 
So that's all of that self-awareness and how you work with other people. Um, you know, the two, number two is understanding systems. So how, where you are in the context of all of the things circling around you and understanding all those things that are circling around you. And number three, um, understanding how to drive results. And if you could understand those three things, um, then you can be much more effective. Very, very cool. And Mira, I, I can talk for hours about, about these types of lessons, and I really appreciate it, and I, and I look forward to reading the book myself. I, I want to hear the story of how you, you proposed oh, to your yeah. husband. Yeah, um, super fun. So, yes, I proposed to my husband, um, and, um, you know, I figured, why wait? Like, I'm ready. Why am I supposed to be waiting, waiting for him, right? So, um, of course, this, is, this yeah. obviously shows the kind of person I am. So, um, I, yes. um, we had some friends over, um, uh, for New Year's Eve, um, in, uh, 1999. So this is 1999 turning into 2000. And, um, my plan, wow. and it worked well, um, is that, um, I was going to propose to him when the clock struck, um, you know, and the next day, the 2000. Um, so what I did was I created this entire scavenger hunt. And um, all of their um, clues, one clue after another, led them to a place outside of our apartment where they found a camera and a note that says, feel free to take pictures while I propose. <laughs> and at the same exact time, his clues led him to um, eventually, you know, uh, one last clue that said, sit down on this couch, close your eyes. And they, they, they didn't know No, that they before, had no right? idea. They had no idea. Um, wow. and I, said, I can um, imagine what's going on through their mind. Oh, they, at, that, at that moment, I heard screaming outside of the door. And I'm like, oh, my God, this better work out because they're like screaming for like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> and um, wow. so he, um, he sat down. He followed the clues. He sat down. He counted to 10, opened his eyes. And there I am on my knee proposing to him with a ring and they're barging in screaming taking pictures <laughs> it was great <laughs> and now we have pictures of it this is probably this is probably my favorite proposal story <laughs> ever uh, and this Thanks. is just awesome and the thing and, and i have to say that the thing that i kept reflecting on as you were telling me the story is how is how it's easy it is to remember how many years you've uh, you know the anniversary to your proposal uh, <laughs> given the given the timing that you chose to do it which makes it convenient and uh, mira i really want to thank you for coming and i really appreciate uh, your time and, and positive energy i have a few more questions about you yeah. though and yeah. i want you to take me back to your childhood what really fascinated you as a child? You spoke earlier about the, the language and about, but, but, but what really fascinated you? Yeah, I mean, um, interestingly enough, um, it really was the, the sort of observing people and how they interact and, you know, what makes things work between people. And I didn't realize it back then, but I really was an observer. Like I was a very quiet, sort of um, off to the side, but taking a lot of information in about people. Very, very cool. And what inspires you today? Um, honestly, I feel like it is 
the local leaders in my own community, you know, cause I, like they're more relatable, mm. um, who are making such a yeah. big difference in, um, the community. So for example, like we have our chamber of commerce and the executive director, um, Aaron Nelson, like everybody already knows his name, you know, is somebody who is, um, bringing the community together of business owners and trying to not just support businesses, but make an impact in improving our community and um, with, um, you know, um, diversity, equity, inclusion and stuff like that. And it's well, well beyond his job, right, to do that. But he is um, passionate about making this kind of difference. And there's many people in the community that um, are these kind of like, quote unquote, normal people, right? I'm making air quotes here, normal everyday people like you and me who have a vision, have a passion and are making things happen that improve the lives of many people. And that inspires me. Like I, I want to be like that, you know, like I, I look at that and I think, boy, I want to make that kind of difference someday. Beautiful. And what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Yeah, um, th this is this is a hard question. I feel like I'm in an interview, you know, and you're, all, you're like, what's what's your strengths? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I would say, um, a quote, a phrase. Yeah, this this is what people tell me, I guess, about me. Um, intuitive um, or insightful. Sometimes they say insightful. Um, strategic or or um, intentional. Um, and, um, compassionate or kind or thoughtful, you know, Mira, thank you so much. I can definitely see those three, four or five words coming into play throughout the last 20 minutes. And I really appreciate your time and effort and positive energy. Uh, thank you for the inspiration and stay safe and stay healthy. Thanks, Michael.